and we are live. We'd like to say good morning to everyone. We thank and praise God for our online community. We just uh, give God praise and glory for your listening ears, and we pray that the word that is brought this morning, that it will be a blessing to your soul. We pray, Lord, uh, that it will enrich your spirit. We like to say for you to continue to listen. Um, uh, we never know uh, the word that uh, you need for your soul, but God knows. And we we're so grateful that so many listened on last week. Um, it just kind of blew me away. Uh, but, but God knows what, what the people of God needs. So we're excited about that. And, and we pray a blessing upon your life. We, we, we pray that God will come in to right where you are and he will, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will drop down within your spirit. And the words that we hear uh, in the church family locally, that the online community, you will feel that same spirit because God is the same no matter where you are or where you're listening from. So we thank and we praise God uh, for your listening ear. We like to also say, as, as the, um, the the servant is, is prepare, preparing to come, we like to say to you that remember in this up this year, this year 2020, uh, we want to make sure that we know that God says it's a year to trust, to trust Him. It is a year of patience. It's a year that will bring forth challenges, but yet it's also a year that's going to bring forth victory. So please, ma'am and please, sir, do not become discouraged because God has it all in control. So we, we want you to know that, begin to put, put back and prepare and put up because there will be difficult times ahead. Now, at this time, we're going to hear from the word of God. Amen. We're going to not look at the messenger, but we're going to hear from heaven. Amen. Amen. So just give us your ear. Give us attention because your online community as well as local, you know that the Holy Ghost, he, he drops down, he unveils, and he uncovers, and he's a revealer. So at this time, we're going to, once again, we're going to hear from heaven. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Good morning, church. Once again, here we are in the house of the Lord, and it's a blessing. It is truly a blessing. How many of y'all love the Lord? Come on now. How many of y'all love the Lord? If I'd have said how many of y'all love the... (laughs) Demigods they got out here in the pulpit... You'd heard the roof tap when you say how many of y'all love the Lord. It's kind of weak, so I'm gonna ask again: How many of y'all love the Lord? That's what I'm talking. Let the Lord know you're here this morning. Let's pray. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we come before you as humbly as we know how. We want to decrease as you increase in us, God. Bring this message from heaven because this is a place where we teach the mysteries of God. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for all the many blessings that you have given us, Father, from above. Father, help us to continue to set our affections on things above and not on things of the earth. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. 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 We're going to be in the book of John this uh, morning, on this beautiful Sunday morning, the sixth chapter. For those of you who do not have your Bible or Scripture should be up there on the uh, monitor, Mm -hmm. starting at the first verse. It's a beautiful day outside, isn't it? Amen, amen. We're going to be dealing with a, this morning with a familiar scripture, part of the New Testament entitled, Two Fishes and Five Loaves. Very familiar, isn't it? 
Is it? Is it really? You've heard it before, haven't you? Huh? No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Well, God's going to teach you something. Amen? How many of y'all want to go up? Remember last last week where the tribes of the Lord, the tribes of Israel, they do what? They go up. And that's what we like to do. We like to go up and bring down. Amen? Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. John 6 chapter, verses 1 says, After these things Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Now watch this. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles. People love to see stuff. Which he did on them that were diseased. And I'm going to stop here at verse 3. Then we're going to deal with some things. And Jesus went up into a mountain. And there he sat with his disciples. Amen. Verse 1 says, after these things, Jesus went. Because previous to that, he was in Jerusalem at the Feast of the Jews. The Jews was giving him hard times than Christians. Your biggest problem will come from the Christians. They ain't going to come from, <laughs> they're not going to come from sinners. They're going to come from people who are stuck in religion, and they're going to cause you problems, believe it or not, because they don't understand grace yet. So what they do is they go try to keep you in bondage under the law. And the law doesn't save you, never been intended to save you. It was there as a taskmaster to get you to the point that, let you know that you can't do this without God. Amen? Anybody in here think that they can do this thing called life without God in their life? You can do a lot of things. But I'll guarantee you at the end of the day, it'll pan out to zero. Because at the end of the day, you can't take anything which he said that after these things, these Jews, now they were giving Jesus a problem after these things, during the time of these things, when they were... He was in Jerusalem, and he went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. I want to uh, begin to dissect and exegete this scripture. Can I get it up there, minister? Can I get that scripture, please? Say, after these things, John 6, verse 1, can I get it? from the Bible it says that he went over the Sea of Galilee well the Sea of Galilee is the circle of the heathen the word Galilee there means circuit of the heathen or circle of the heathen notice where this circle or this circuit the Sea of Galilee notice where it was, it was in the Sea of Tiberias, which is the Sea of the River God. See, there is a flow that's going through this world now that causes us to desire other gods other than the true and the living God. You see, after these things, he went over the Sea of Galilee. He went over the heathen See. He didn't hang out with them. He went over them, meaning that he went through, but he didn't hang out because he knew that if you hang out too long, evil communication corrupt good manners. Amen? Book Corinthians. Now, this Sea of Galilee, this circle of the heathen, it was in that place where the river God is flowing, you know, Money is a river god. Material things, a river god. You see, Jesus knew that if he hung around in there, what would happen? He would possibly fall prey 
Because he's a man just like we were. And see, all of us got to learn to put boundaries on ourselves. You see, we got to know, a man got to know his boundaries, people. Because when you don't know your boundaries, I told you before, anything that goes beyond his boundaries is doomed for destruction. When the wind goes beyond his boundaries, it tears up stuff, tornadoes, hurricanes. When the waters go, when the sea, the waters go beyond their boundaries, floods, tidal waves. See, anything that goes beyond its boundaries is doomed for destruction. And so it is with man. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Acts that God has set boundaries for man. See, boundaries. And see, that river God, the Sea of Tiberias, that river God will take you away and take you beyond your set boundaries and cause much destruction in your life. Can I get an amen? amen? So here's Jesus, and the multitude, verse 2, says that a great multitude followed him. But why did they follow him? Because of what they saw. They saw his miracles, which he, he had did on those that were diseased. You see, I'm going to tell you something. When people see that things are going on out of the unnatural, they'll follow you. Whether it's right or wrong, somebody will follow you. And that's why it's so important that we lead people correctly. I told you before, we got these people, House of Destiny got these people on this airplane called House of Destiny International Ministry. Now, we're trying to figure out how we can land this plane on heaven's airstrip. Because if we don't land this thing on heaven's airstrip, we're all going to hell. And I don't want to be responsible for that. And I don't think Pastor Brenda want to be responsible for that. And I don't think anybody else in here want to be responsible for that. Amen? Amen. It says that a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracle. People believe what they see, don't they? Mm-hmm. But look what Jesus did. Verse 3. Give me verse 3, please. Just want to teach you this morning. I want to teach. Is that all? Yeah. I'll teach you from heaven this morning because this thing is going to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Look what Jesus did. And Jesus went what? Somebody said go up. The tribes of Israel went up. Jesus went up into a mountain. And there he sat with his disciples. The word disciple means disciplined in the way. Now, if you notice something about Jesus, you can go back over there. Let me see where it is. I think it's in Matthew 5, 12. I think that's where it's at. Let me check. 5, 1. If you go over there in 5, 1, You'll find, I think it's 5 1. It's Matthew 5 1. In Matthew 5 1, the Word of God tells us that, and seeing the multitude, that they are again, right? The multitude. Look what Jesus did. He went where? This is, he doing it again, eh? Up where? Into. And when he was set, his disciples came to him. See that? Every time chaos tries to flood your life, it's time to go up. It's time to withdraw yourself from the multitude. When they were on the seashore, and Jesus, what did Jesus do? He got in a little boat, and he went out. Into the sea, which is the spiritual realm. That's the same as the high mountain. He went up in the spirit. He went out into the spirit. But he never contacted himself or got involved with that multitude. But he would always withdraw himself. Because he saw them coming. See, sometimes we don't see what we need to see coming. And therefore, it floods our life. Amen? So here's Jesus, and back to our main text in John. It says that Jesus went up 
He went up into a mountain. Mm-hmm. That mountain represents a spiritual height in God. See, sometimes in order to get through this chaos, it's like a plane. It hits turbulence. It rises above the turbulence. It rises above the multitude. It rises above the chaos. After going through all you got to go through through the week on your job and in school and everything that you got to deal with, it's good to come into the house of the Lord and hear a word. Am I right about that? Because I'm going to tell you something. From Sunday to next Sunday is quite a ways. And we go through a lot of things. And we need to come together and have ourselves regenerated in the word of the, of, of the Lord. Verse 4 says in John 6, 4, that in the Passover, a, pe- a feast of the Jews, it was near. Uh-huh. And watch this. And when Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw the great company come unto him. See, they were coming after him. But they was coming after him for what they could see. He said unto Philip, Which shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse 6 says, And this he said to prove Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. God already know what he's going to do. But God tests us to see what we're going to do and how we're going to react. Now, Philip, the word Philip in the Greek means love of horses, which means he loves the power of God because the horse represents the power of God that lies within an individual. So, but Philip, even though he loved the power of God, he wasn't fully assured in it yet. That's why Jesus had to prove him because he said, how are we going to feed all these? How are you going to feed that multitude that's inside of you that's coming at you? And what are you going to feed it with? How and what are you going to feed it with? Are you going to feed it with frustration, anger, poverty, misfortune? Or are you going to feed it with the word of God? What, what are we going to do, y'all? See, this, what I'm teaching here, as I get deeper into it, is going to go more and more spiritual as we go. Trust me. Trust me. I'm just setting the stage right now. And, and we're not going to be long doing it. But we're going to give you a word that you can understand and that you can revert back through, through the week when you're going through such a hectic time in life that you have something. From God that you can depend on. Because this week coming in, there are going to be some rough times. When you're going to have to go inside yourself and deal with the multitude that's in you. At least alone the multitude that's on the outside. How do you, we know how to draw away from the multitude out here, but how do you draw away from the multitude that's inside of yourself when, it, when that flood come in? And it will come. He asked Philip in verse 5, What are we going to buy bread that all these may eat? And Philip answered in verse 7, he said, 200 penny worth of bread, that's not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. 200 penny worth. You see, there was a covenant here, two. Two is the covenant between God and man. There's a covenant being made here. But because of Philip's small power in the power of God, he didn't understand. And y'all heard me say it before, that a little in God's hand is a lot. He's going to prove this to you. He's going to prove this to you. You see, we don't have the time.
to be thinking about how Jesus fed 5,000 people. No, this is all about an internal spirit that's moving inside of us, that's giving us kingdom knowledge from the kingdom of God that's inside of us. Amen? Do y'all catch that? All right, okay, okay, okay. One of his disciples, verse 8, said, Andrew, mm -hmm, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? So now here's Andrew. You've got the power of God. Mm -hmm. You've got him. And he's doubtful, Philip. And you've got Andrew. Go back to that other scripture before that, please. And you've got Andrew. Andrew, he's the son. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter, said unto him, go to the next scripture now. He said unto him, there is a lad here. That's very important. And stop right there. There is a lad. That meant there is a son there, right? But he's little, right? Now we know that the word son in its original text means builder of the family of God in the earth, right? So this little boy, this lad, he has... A little bit. He's small. He's young at it. He's young. He's a lad. But he's still a builder. We're talking about a little in God's hand is a lot. Now, what I like about the lad is he was willing. He had faith. And he knew that if he could get it in the right hands, that God could do major thing with it. Where's your faith? Where's your faith when you've got a little? Are you willing to put it in God's hands? Not to give to the church, but to give to God so that God not only can bless you, but bless many other people. You see, We just sent anywhere probably about 800000 to a million dollars worth of stuff over there to the Bahamas in an airplane drop where that hurricane hit. This church right here. A little in God's hand is a lot. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we didn't go to Puerto Rico and do it because I just saw in the news where Puerto Rico it's been discovered that all of that stuff that was sent over there is stuck in warehouses where the person that was over it, and they fired him, where the person that was over it didn't even give the stuff out to the people. See, when we go and do what we do, we got boots on the ground. And just as soon as that airplane dropped, the people were there to get their stuff. But then we had another friend of ours, acquaintance of ours, sent $500,000 cash to the government over there. Now, do you think those people got that money? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? See, sometimes you can be so smart till you're stupid. Sometimes you can be so smart until you're stupid. Philip, he knew about the covenant between God and man. But he still had doubt. Andrew, he knew about God. He said, this little bit can't feed me. See, he didn't know about a little in God's hand is a lot. But the lad, put it back up there, son. But the lad knew, even though he had five loaves of barley and two fish, he knew. But Andrew said he had doubt. But what are they among so many? See, this is a teaching moment for the disciples of Christ. You see, because Jesus 
was teaching his disciples. He wasn't teaching the multitude. He was teaching that disciplined thing in us, that which is ready to be disciplined. See, there's some things in us that's willing to be disciplined. That's what we have to feed. That's what the Lord has to teach us. That's why I call them disciples. To discipline us in the way of God. The lad. He was a small kid. He was a small builder in God. But he had faith and he believed and he was willing to mix that with his faith, what he had. Like I told you last week, his mom had packed a little doggy bag for him. And that was for him to eat. But they took it. When he gave it, they took it. So you got to give what little bit you got to that part that's disciplined in you. And that part that's disciplined you in the way of God will give it to God. And what God will do is he'll miraculously do a thing in you. Now these two fish represent a covenant with the truth. Now, the loaves of bread, the barley represents the word of God. It's the bread of life. Are you with me? In order for this thing to work, a little in God's hand is a lot. You've got to have a covenant with the truth that comes with the word of God. In other words, we've got to be in agreement with this for it to work. There is too much disunity in the church. We teach unification here. Because it's through the unification of God and us that this thing will work. So, the covenant with the truth that comes from the word of God is the two fishes and the five loaves. And what does Jesus do with that? Well, Jesus takes, his disciples get it from the little boy. They give it to Jesus. And Jesus goes to work with it. It says that in verse 10, look what Jesus tells them to do. Or verse 9. It says that there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two fishes. This is the covenant with the truth that comes from the word of God. But Andrew was saying there are so many among us. But watch this. Somebody go to 2 Corinthians 8.12. Can I get that up on the board? I'm going to show you what the little boy knew. And the big boys didn't know. It's not the size of the dog that makes it a champion. But it's the size of his heart. Amen? For if there be first. A willing mind. See, the lad was willing. It is accepted. Accepted of who? Of God. According to that a man has. And not according to that he has not. See, the little boy was willing. See, that builder inside of us, regardless if whether we're just now getting saved and that little lad is just now beginning to grow into the building of the family of God and building of the soul and all of that within us. You see, you got to have faith with that. you got to be willing to allow God to do what he needs to do in your life with just a little bit. Don't wait until you think you got it. I've heard people say, well, I'm going to wait till I get myself together before I come. You ain't going to never come. Everybody in here jacked up from the preacher all the way down. Amen? Amen. Ain't no big eyes, ain't no little U's in here. It's just us. And the only one we promote in here is Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? That's the only one we care about. You see, if you're willing, if you've got a willing mind, first, see, the little boy was willing. He didn't have a whole lot, but the Bible says it is accepted that which a man has. 
He didn't have the two fish and five loaves. In other words, he had the covenant of proof that comes from the word. Are you with me? And some things was about to take place. Some miracles was about to take place. Because he was willing, he didn't look at what he didn't have. Because he knew if I could get it to God, I got it all. That's why a little kid gave it up. Because he understood that if I'm going to build this soul that's within me, if I'm going to build this soul that's in others, then I got to be willing. And I got to be willing to give what little I got to God so that God can make it happen. We can't make it happen. Only God can make it happen. So when we go back over here to John, Verse 11 says that he took, or verse 10 says, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. Can I get verse 10 up there? Let me show you what Jesus did from the inside. See, this is happening on the inside of us. We spiritual building now. Y'all know what it is to build a spiritual house? You don't build a spiritual house with the same material that you build a physical house with, amen? But the process is basically the same. If you can understand how everybody worked together to build a physical building, then the church is for the same way and build the same way. The electricians don't get in the way of each other. The plumbers, we try to wait until, you know, the proper time. Everything is in sequence, you know. Everything is done correctly. It says, Jesus said, make the men sit down. Uh-oh. Where was they at? They were in a high mountain, right? A high place with God, right? In other words, they were in the spirit realm, right? Amen? Now watch what he told them to do. That word sit there means to dwell there. He didn't ask them to sit down. He said, make them sit down. That's what discipline will do. Discipline will sit you down and make you dwell in that high place with God. Come on with me. Now, in that high place with God, there is much grass. That word grass there means new truths, new revelations. They're constantly coming all the time. Are y'all following me now? You see. Once we sit down and dwell in the upper room, the mountain. He said, now we'll find that there is much fresh grass or fresh revelations there, you see. In other words, the bread don't get stale. It ain't a thing where you're going over and over and over the same old thing all the time, but new revelations coming in. And when the new revelations coming in, they got to go out. Amen? Amen. The revelations got to go out. Because it's revelations that's pleasant to your soul. Revelations, when they come from upon high, man, that thing is pleasing when it hits you. And it's soft. It's not rowdy. It's something that'll make you go, hmm, real quick. It says that, so the men sat down. Mm-hmm. Where did they sat down? In that high place. And they dwelt there, right? Right. In number about 5,000. Five. That's the only thing you're looking at. Because when you count the number, five plus zero plus zero plus zero still equal five. Right? That's how you count the number. That's how the Bible tells us to count the number in the book of Revelation. So it tells us what it is that we have to do. Five is the number of grace. Grace comes not from the law. Grace comes from above, from Christ. Amen? When we're dwelling in that high place, there's grace in our life. We receive grace from God. That's why he said, look here, make the men sit down. Make them dwell in this place of authority that's high up. That's why I say set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. Hard to do, right? 
Very difficult to do. And then he goes on. And he puts that number 5,000 there, which represents five. He said, now when you dwell there, you're going to find grace. Now, how many of y'all know when you're dwelling with Christ in the high place of God, you're going to have grace on your life? You're going to have grace on your life. Now, this is what God is telling us to do in order to build the ark of our soul. See, we dealt with Noah, the building of the soul. See, this thing ain't got nothing to do with what went on way back there. This is a right now spiritual word, what they call a rhema. And see, what we got to learn to do and what preachers got to learn to do is stop this surface teaching. You don't know the sea by going across the sea. The only way you're going to know the sea is that you got to go, you got to put your scuba diving gear on and you got to go under it in order to know the sea. You don't know the sea just because you scaling across the top of it and talking about, well, I sailed the seven seas, but did you go under? You know what's on top, see. But you don't know what's under there until you pull the sheet off it, right? See, everything has a cover on it. When you pull a cover on it, that's off it. That's when you discover what's inside of it or, you know, right? I mean, I ain't trying to be funny or nothing, you know, but. Sometimes you don't want to see. Just, just, just put it back on. Amen? Amen. Huh? Am I right about it? Come on now. We're all grown up in here. Well, it's the same thing. You don't know what's under there until the sheet is pulled off. Now, the word God says here, he took these loaves in verse 11. Y'all understanding this so far? I'm just teaching it. Slow walking. Verse 11 says, And Jesus took the loaves, that's the word of God. And when he had given thanks, I mean, somebody said, Give thanks to God for the word. Amen. Give thanks to God for the word. Jesus gave thanks to the Father. Verse 11. He took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he began to distribute it. Did he distribute it to the multitude? No. He distributed to the disciples, right? That thing that's disciplined in you. Amen? All right. When he distributed to the disciples, see, there's a protocol here, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. See, there's a protocol here. It went from the lad's hand to the disciples' hand, from the disciples' hand to Jesus' hand. And Jesus gave it to the Father when he gave thanks. He raised it up, okay? All right. From the Father's hand back to Jesus, Jesus gives it to the disciples. The disciples begin to give it to man. Amen. And that's what we're doing up in here now. We're going by protocol on how this thing works. Now, next verse, please. It says that they were able to eat as much as they wanted to. And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, now watch this. He said, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. See that word fragments? That means bits and pieces, right? Nothing from the word is supposed to be thrown away. Amen? He said, gather it up. Right? Gather it up. Because <clears throat> that's what's going to continue to give you your nourishment. Next verse. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of what? The word of God. That's what we're talking about. Which remain over and above unto them that had eaten. God says in Ephesians 3.20 that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we can ask or think according to how 
the spirit is working in us. How the power is working in us. How is the power working in you? Can we do like the lad? Even though he was just the lad, he knew who to give it to. He gave it to the one that had all power. Amen? We've got to learn how to give it to the one who has all power within us. Because the kingdom of God, Luke 17, 21 says, is within us. That's the word of God, Luke 21, 17. It says the kingdom of God is inside of us. And I told you once, I'll tell you again, you keep fooling around up in that kingdom and you're going to mess around and meet the king. Because there ain't no kingdom without a king. Amen? Amen. Keep on fooling around up in there. You're going to discover the king. Because that's his kingdom inside. He placed it there, people. But all of this multitude, all of this stuff keeps us from the kingdom that's inside of us, right? Because all these cut you vines then grow up over the kingdom. You ever seen them uh, uh, National Geographic or Discovery where, where uh, weeds done grew up over all the Mayan camps where they used to be? Y'all know what I'm talking about. But it used to be alive. It used to be where? And it's still there. But you got to do some excavating. You, you, you got to pull some things out of the way. And there's a lot of things that all of us that need to be pulled. Look, all of us are jacked up. Can I say that again? This is a hospital. This is a hospital, sis. And it takes a crazy person to come through there and think they all that. But that's how church folk are. And I don't want to be around them kind of self-righteous people. Man, Man, we need help. We need help. Every one of us need help. We can't help ourselves. The Bible says we can't do nothing in our own strength. Nothing at all. So they took up all these bits and pieces, these fragments. And the funny thing about it is, how many baskets was it? Ooh, very significant. Twelve is the divine purpose of God in man. Now, wait a minute. The baskets is your soul. Don't the basket hold something? Is it not your soul that holds the word of God? That's what you're going to eat on. See, after... You are filled here today. You got to make sure that you take them bits and pieces, them fragments. Because that's what you're <laughs> you going to have to eat on when hell hits you this week. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that, Joe? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though, don't you? Huh? You know, when things get crazy on your job. Or in your house. You know, it can happen anytime. That thing's spontaneous. You can be riding down the road and here come a fool. You're going to have to have them fragments. You see, Jesus said, no, no, don't waste that now. See, when you leave here, you're going to have to think about and go back on Facebook Live or Sermon.net or All Nations TV. You've got to go somewhere and hear this word again because that's them fra- you got to remember and pick them fragments as you need them through the week so that you can eat on it and they can nourish you when hard times hit you. And when you, when you fail, and we're all going to do it, but when we do fail, just get back up. Just get up. If Jesus can't find no condemnation, then neither can house his destiny. The reason why people can't get healed is because they scared. The Bible says in the book of James that we need to confess our faults among each other so that we might be cleansed. Ain't that the word? And that we might be cleansed and healed. Okay. If you can't confess, if you can't come up in here and admit that you got some problems because you're worried about this one over here talking about you, that one over here, y'all know me. The troublemaker got to go. We don't have it. 
because this is a safe place for people, right? People ain't supposed to come up in here worrying about who's going to say this about. This life is real, children. People are hurting. I don't care how many smiles we have on our faces. People hurting. And people are going through. And this is supposed to be the hospital where we come to get healed. Amen. And Dr. Jesus is in the house. I ain't talking about Dr. Man. I'm talking about Dr. Jesus, the real doctor. I'm talking about the real one. Yeah. So I just want us to understand that. Like I say, I'm just teaching you, man. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to get the word out. <laughs> he said now, verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, you need to gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Mm-hmm. Therefore they gathered them together. They filled the twelve baskets. The divine purpose of God is made manifest in our soul. Because we're all building our souls with this word, right? And it's made manifest How? By way of the two fish and the five loaves, which is the covenant of truth that's found in the word of God. Do you understand that? See, this is a thinking church. You got to think. You got to think. It's not a hoop. It's not a hype. We ain't here to bash nobody, none of that kind of stuff. We're here to get the word of God so that people can understand what it is that we need. Because this Bible is designed... To build the ark, which is our soul. Everywhere in the Bible, when God say build something a certain way, he say make sure. He told Moses, build it a certain way. Make sure you do that. Mm-hmm. He told Noah, make sure you build this thing according to the schematics. blueprint. We got to build this thing according to this. We can't build our souls according to man's theology, man's doctrines, denominations, all that. We, that's not that ain't what the word says, people. Sorry. He said, when this gospel. And what we have to do is build this thing correctly so that when we build it, it's built the right way. Because the word of God says, Paul speaking, he says, now, I've already laid the foundation, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. See, Jesus, God already laid the foundation, okay? Watch this. God ain't going to do it. He done did what he's going to do. He said it's finished. That's what he said. But then that, in that same scripture where Paul says that the foundation has already been laid and that foundation is Jesus Christ because he's the chief cornerstone. He's the one that's holding this thing up. Now he backs up and now he tells us to everyone that builds, let him take heed to how he builds their pond. What he mean by that is that, now, you, you see how this thing is laid out, this foundation. Don't you build this thing crooked, looking like, what's that tower over there, that leaning tower? Is it the Eiffel Tower? Which one? Or the Tower of Pisa? The Tower of Pisa. Yeah, it leaning. See, they built it wrong. See, that ain't the way you build no building. You thought you were being slick building it that way, but ain't nothing slick about that. And see, sometimes we build ourselves wrong, don't we, church? Sometimes we build ourselves wrong, right? So here's what we have to do when we build ourselves wrong. When we see it, and we see, okay, this ain't working out here, we're going to have to take that piece out and make it right. Amen? That's why we can't never give up, church. We just got to keep on loving each other. We got to keep on caring for each other. We got to keep on doing what we need to do for each other, you know? Times, y'all know life. We've been in it long enough. That thing's all kind of ways. 
but God is with us all the way. He said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Now, I know that ain't make you run around and jump and do all of that, but don't worry about that. You got fed, and remember that you need to take those fragments with you. You need to catch something out of this word, and you need to daydream on it, meditate on it. You know what I'm saying? Not down low, but up high. And when things get tough, whatever mistakes you make, please, children, don't worry about that. We're going to do it. We hate it, but it's just the way it is. It's called sin. And we were born and shaped in iniquity. Without the blood covering us, we filthy rags. The Bible says a man at his best state is altogether vanity. I don't care how good you think you walk in this day. It's all vanity. It's all vanity. And a man has to take heed how he, when he stands, at least he falls. So we have to be very, very, very careful on how we deal with things, okay? And how we treat one another. How we carry one another, you know? When you're on your jobs and stuff, when you're in your homes, wherever you are, you know, sometimes we just got to back up and say, God, you know, teach me to be humble, set a watch, at my mouth to keep the doors of my lips. Because this mouth and this tongue can cause a world to start a fire. Amen? This tongue. And in relationships, we have to watch it. Sometimes it's best just, that's what's so good about the Holy Spirit. It'll go on the lash out and it'll It'll humble you down. But when you don't have that thing working now, it'll make a mess of things, won't it, y'all? <laughs> all of us, all of us, you know, we just got to be real with it, right? You know, come up in here like we got it all together, like we got a fairy tale uh, relationship and all that. Look here, that's work. That's work. Amen. Did anybody learn anything today? Amen. I know I didn't preach hard. I got a little headache, but I'm all right. I got the word out. I hope it helped you. Amen. Amen. Y'all give God some praise.